right. We have got our Mr. Roving Reporter, <laughs> Chris Goforth, on the hotline down at uh, the fourth day of uh, SEC Media Days and uh, has pretty much wrapped up. Uh, but, Chris, just well, let's start with the Texas and Oklahoma thing. How was the re- reaction to the folks as that news came out pretty much, I think, when Jimbo was on the podium? Yeah, it was about, uh, I don't know, 2.30, 2.40 yesterday afternoon Central Time is kind of when all that stuff come out. I can tell you, the Texas A&M people aren't real happy about it. They are, they are not happy about it at all. I, and I, I don't blame them because... And even though it was broke, the story was broken, uh, broke by a uh, a newspaper. Okay, but it has this feel of maybe being in cahoots with some Texas folks that they had that information. Number one and number two, they waited till Jimbo was front and center on SEC Network to drop that bomb no, on him. Surely not. They didn't calculate it that much, did they? Those people hate each other now. You know, <laughs> we all know that, right, Chris? Oh yeah. I mean, why did? Why did Missouri and Texas A&M leave the Big 12 to begin with 10 years ago? They left to get away from Texas. <laughs> oh, it's so. What's so funny about it all is, especially if you're not really a big sports fan, it's so childish. It's such a petty, petty game of millionaires and egos, right? It's so awesome. Look, look at here. I can pee all the way over there. I'll bet you can. I mean, it's just so funny. No, I mean, that's, that's uh, again, they, there's a strong dislike for each other. Uh, you know, Texas kind of has always had that. There's a, a bit of a smugness about, uh, you know, Texas that they've always kind of held on to that I think rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, they have never wanted to play ball, so to speak, within the conference. Um, in other words, they wanted to have their own deals. Uh, you know, I, and that's the reason why I still don't necessarily think that it's a slam dunk, this deal of them coming to the SEC. Because I don't know, is Texas willing to step into this conference and understand you're going to take the same amount of money as the University of Texas, you're getting the same money that Vanderbilt gets. Right. Because that's how it works in the SEC. And they are, that is never going to change in that conference. Well, I mean, it's, and along with this report was, um, I guess it was later on there, maybe it was at the same time that the reason, the reason this came out was they're not going to renew their, their Big 12 media contracts. Uh, yeah, so Oklahoma and Texas will not renew their, their Big 12 media contracts. So, and along with trying to petition, or trying, or uh, throwing a petition out there for SEC membership. I just I, what happens to the the Texas Longhorns Network? You know what happens? Well, I think to, they control that. <clears throat> they do. Okay. So it would just be Big Twelve connections, I guess, and maybe Oklahoma's looking I mean, at having the Oklahoma and, Network. And, and let's just say hypothetically, this happens. Okay, does all the other conferences do they just they pack it up and and say you know we've had a nice run? Uh, maybe you throw a uh, just Clemson, come on over to the SEC. Ohio State, come on down. You're SEC. Come on, buddy. I mean, I, I can't answer that question because what, if you're Oregon or or UCLA, you just go. They got no freaking chance. Just hope they beat each other up. Yeah, either that or you have some sort of uh, you, you you have those conference championship games as a part of the first round of the playoff, and then just go ahead and say that the two. All the teams that were really good in the SEC that didn't make the, champ- the conference championship game, and you could have two or three really, really good teams. Mm-hmm. Y'all are just all in the tournament. You know? I mean, I don't know how you handled it. I, 
frankly, Chris, I don't think it can work. I don't think it can. We talked about it yesterday when it broke. Do you, what do you do? You move Alabama and Auburn to the east? Do you? So you really have well, Texas? Oh, I, mean, I, think more than, I think more than anything else, the most likely scenario, if it does come to pass, if they decide to stay in divisions, Alabama and Auburn would go to the east, and we would go to a nine-game SEC schedule. Um, either that or we just completely do away with – the, the idea of divisions, and you've just got a 16-team conference, you would have three games that would be uh, kind of your three rivalry games every year. And then from there, uh, you just play everybody else on a rotating basis. That's, I think that's, that's probably would be the two simplest and easiest ways for them to be able to handle it from, from this standpoint. But, I, again, I'll point out, if you guys remember 2010, all the talk in 2010 was about Texas and Oklahoma possibly joining the Pac-12. That didn't happen. I know uh, on pretty good accord that the SEC is not the only conference that they have reached out to. Uh, I think they are maybe further down the road with the SEC than what I think than what a lot of people realize. Certainly a lot more than what uh, Ross Bjork, the athletic director at Texas A&M, realized yesterday when he found out. Yeah, I guarantee you they were not happy <laughs> what? at all. What? You guys are what? <laughs> Thanks, and you, and you were totally rained on our parade uh, at media days. Speaking of the fourth and final day, though, what would you get out of uh, the three teams? Of course, Eli Drinkwitz from Missouri, Sam Pittman from Arkansas, and Brian Harson from Auburn. Let's start with Drinkwitz because you, you actually, um, and we're going to play the audio during our look around the SEC, but you got a chance to uh, ask him what he thought about former Macaulay Blue Tornado, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, B.J. Harris, the running back that's going to Missouri. Yeah, I got a chance. The uh, Missouri folks in, invited me up last night, and I got a chance to spend about 30, 45 minutes with uh, Coach Drinkwitz, and uh, super, super nice guy. I can I can tell you that. Funny guy, um, especially when you cut the recorder off. He's uh, pretty humorous. Um, look, he's, he's bringing back a, a proven quarterback in Connor Baselick, who was the uh, SEC's co-freshman of the year last year. They got to replace Larry Roundtree the third, who was a really maybe one of the well. He, as far as I'm concerned, he probably was the most underrated player in the SEC last year. Agreed. Uh, they're going to do that with kind of a committee approach. It's not going to be just one guy. They'll use a couple of guys. They only threw nine touchdown passes last year for the entire season. I talked with him a little bit about that last night, and he said, look, some of that was on me as a play caller. He said, i got to have more confidence in my quarterback, who was a true freshman last year. Right. And he said, I, he, my, my quarterback's got to have more confidence in his receivers and the guys around him. Uh, and he said it was really hard last year. You get in that red zone, he said, I know what I've gotten. Larry Roundtree, and he said we were just going to hand the ball off to him and just pound away uh, once we got inside the red zone. He said if we're going to be better this year, we have got to be able to throw the ball more. Uh, we got to throw for more than nine touchdown passes in a season. He's got a, a transfer from Ohio State, a kid named Mookie Cooper, 
not to be confused with Mookie Wilson, but uh, they feel like Mookie Cooper can be a, a really a big-time wide receiver for them. Said the strength of his team was his defensive line. He brings back Trajan Jeffcoat, who was an all-SEC guy for him a year ago. So uh, thinks he's got two corners that will end up playing in the NFL. So he's confident right now in, in what he has, but he also knows what an uphill climb that is in the SEC West. Sure. Sure, and they uh, <clears throat> they play Kentucky at Kentucky, and we talked about that, I think, earlier in the week when we were talking about the Kentucky side of things. That one probably right. that one probably is for third in the SEC East, and that's September 11th, early in the schedule. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they get that one early in the year, and I think if you look back over the last couple of years, the winner of that game has gone on to finish third. So we'll see. Uh, I think that's a good one early on. Uh, Sam Pittman in Arkansas. Anything uh, jumps out at you from from him, his time up on the podium? Man, I I love that guy. Talking to Sam Pittman is like talking to a high school coach in in our area. I mean, you just don't get more, you just don't get more down to earth than a guy who's just, he's just all about ball. Um, He's not interested in Twitter and Instagram and all (laughs) the other stuff that, you know, he is like the anti-Lane Kiffin. Uh, all Sam Dittman wants to do is just, you know, talk about ball and offensive line play. Uh, he's got 11 super seniors. He's got 11 guys that chose to come back and take advantage of their COVID year this year. 23 seniors overall, 11 of them uh, super seniors. K.J. Jefferson is going to be a starting quarterback. He played one game last year. I think one through – Larry started one game last year. I think one through 11, Arkansas will be okay. They're not Alabama. They're not going to be A&M. But they're going to be okay one through 11. The issue for Arkansas is he took over such a bad situation there, they just have no depth. Yep. So if anybody gets hurt – and once you get late in games and once you get late in the season, that's when you're going to see Arkansas really start to sputter. Yeah, and now, you know, they won three games last year. I, I don't know if they'll win more than that this year, but I do like the direction that Sam Pittman's taking Arkansas. I think he's going to improve that team greatly over the next two to three years. And they play Texas at home on September 11th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a – as a matter of fact, I think their first two games are against Rice – in Texas, that's right. Which are two old uh, Southwest Conference teams, so there are or Big Eight teams, whatever it was back then. And thirdly, Brian Harson, new coach at Auburn. Um, any kind of, I mean, I, I've seen this guy talk. I've read some stuff about him. I mean, it's like one of those. It, it's almost like uh, Butch Jones or a Pruitt. You're like, okay, he might do it. He might fail miserably. Yeah, it's somewhere in between. I mean, it's hard to get a gauge on whether he can be successful in the SEC. I tell you this much: I'm going to put whoever has to do the Auburn coaches show, uh, whoever has to host that thing, on my prayer list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you that the 14 SEC coaches, that guy is the most boring of the 14. And, okay, so will that fly on the planes? I don't know. You know, I, I would rather listen to Joe Varner lead the, read the the Ray County telephone book to me than to have to listen. It's got it's, a bunch. It's of, pretty uh, exciting. It's got a bunch of Barners and Pennies and probably what else? I don't know. Kellys. We know some Kellys up yeah, there. It's a Smith. Smiths. Smiths. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that's. So, 
you know, in terms of what Auburn is going to be, I, I don't know, guys. I, I'll be honest. He's said a lot, but never really said anything. I don't know exactly. Uh, Again, I don't feel like I know any more about Auburn and where they are right now than I did going into this. What I knew about Auburn coming into this was that I don't think they're going to be very good on the offensive line. Um, I talked to Cole Kublik from the SEC Network about that this week. Cole said the same thing. He thinks, you know, Auburn knew back in the spring they didn't have the, the, the horses up front that they needed, and they failed to address that in the transfer portal, which is what he thought they would do. And, and of course, Cole was the center there right. at Auburn. Yeah, that's his goal. Yeah, they did not address the offensive line in the transfer portal. They're going to be in. They're going to be in. They're going to have some problems up front. What does that mean for Bo Nix? You've got Mike Bobo now as his offensive coordinator. Bobo's proven he's a pretty good quarterback coach, but is Bo Nix, and I think one of the questions that a lot of Auburn fans have, is Bo Nix willing to accept coaching? Because, I, you know, from where he was when he got to Auburn to where he is now, I don't know that Bo, we've really seen any improvement out of Bo Nix. I would agree with that. And I agree too, yeah. Yeah, is he willing to accept coaching? I've had Auburn people say, look, if it wasn't for who his daddy is and the fact that he is the son of an Auburn legend, he would not be the starting quarterback at Auburn. Now, take that for what you will. But I think there's some real question marks about Bo Nix. Say all that to say he was one of the guys uh, that uh, Brian Harson selected to, to bring to media days to – stand up in, in front of the media and, and talk this week. So yeah, his, whatever it is worth, we'll see. But I, I think he's got to have um, – they got to be better up front. they got to be – they got to get better play out of Bo Nix offensively. Well, two things. First of all, if the offensive line has issues, then the EMTs stand by on Bo Nix because no they're going to be hauling him off in a stretcher. And secondly, did he have his Milo sweet oh, tea up on the podium? He took it from me. Ah. Dang it. He did not. He did not bring his. Uh, uh, well, that would have been great though if he would have pulled out the Milo sweet tea and set it on the podium. You know the way Saban does with yes. the logo turn. Or no, forget Saban. The way Rusty Wright does with his Dasani bottle and the logo turned towards the camera. That's the way you got to do it. See, I mean, if you're Bo Nix, I mean, if I'm Milo Sweet Tea, I'm pretty hot about it. Hey, Bo. Hey, man. You had your chance on national TV, SEC Network, and you didn't pull it off. Now, maybe the SEC would have had a problem with it, but I'd find some way to sneak it in my coat because that's scoring some big points with mm-hmm. some big bucks. Yes, it is. <laughs> Chris, great coverage, man. You do a fantastic job as always, and we thank you for joining us every day here during the SEC Media Days and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, safe travels, brother. Uh, I'll see you all soon, man. All right, Thanks. sounds good. Chris, go for it. There you go. He is, of course, uh, 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. A little bit of thing here called uh, Friday Night Rivals, High School Football and CW, ESPN Plus, Mox Home Games.